Welcome, lovely visitors, to Standard Sit Down. My name is Will Hopkins, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lucas Duffy. Lucas, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Let's get this on the road. I spent a lot, way too much time trying to figure out how to upload this. Agreed. Lucas spent 42 minutes trying to figure out how to record us. Um, so today we're going to be... Well, let me start off like this. Standard Sit Down is one of our new weekly podcasts here with Caffeine OD. Um, we will be recording once every week, discussing how we feel about standard, metagame, uh, strategies, the upcoming sets in today's case, things like that in general, possible bannings even. Um, we're going to be talking about War of the Spark and what we'd like to see from the 2019 spring expansion for Magic the Gathering. But first, we're going to start off with a little card. It's been getting a lot of attention recently, and really since it was spoiled. And that card is Nexus of Fate. Now, if you're not familiar with Nexus of Fate, it's blue, blue, and five for an instant that says, take an extra turn after this one. And also says, if Nexus of Fate would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal Nexus of Fate and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. Now, eight, seven mana for take an extra turn. That's a little high. It's not quite time walk. It's, you know, it's not busted in standard but it has gotten a lot of attention for um a possible banning first of all it's banned in best of one on mtga but it's just miserable to play against and from what i from talking to nexus of fate players it's pretty miserable to play they just play it because they don't feel like they have a go um lucas what do you think of nexus of fate in terms of possible banning um so, as Will said, it was banned in best of one on Arena. And, in my opinion, the reason it wasn't banned in best of three, uh, and other people have been saying this as well, is because it would create a different standard uh, online versus paper. And that's not what Wizards wants to do. They want to keep Arena as a standard, or for now at least, a standard platform where they can, where people can play standard the same way that people are playing it in paper. The problem with Nexus of Fate is that people were doing that infinite uh, combo, and I think the only reason it even got banned is because uh, Famous Pro, uh, Shen Shahar Shenhar, uh, was in the middle of a stream with 2,000 people in the stream, with several Hall of Famers also watching, and uh, he got infinite looped without a win con. Uh, it wasn't banned because it was broken, it was banned because... It created an uh, infinite combo that would be considered so low play and is the rule that would get it disqualified in paper. So in the past week, according to MTG Goldfish, decks have gone 5-0 in MTGO leagues, and that's 4.2% of decks that have gone 5-0 um, that were running Nexus of Fate. Now... The pro uh, it's not a huge part of the metagame, but we've seen decks like this get banned. KCI wasn't a super busted deck, but it was a deck that was really, really you, the Wizards didn't put it on um, streams for a reason. They, it's just not a deck that you want to see constantly. And the fate is it got over, upwards of fifty dollars over the. Uh, when the deck was kind of just finding its ground and starting to look like it could be a really busted strategy. And that was, of course, before rotation. 
Now, since rotation, it's gone down a little bit. It's, you know, hovering around about $20 right now. So it's not what it, it's not the, you know, hype up, hyped up card that it used to be. But it's still a pretty good card. It's really the reason that Reclamation got as much hype as it did in spoiler season. And since then, we've obviously seen that Wilderness Reclamation is just a really good card in general. It's Nexus of Fate is kind of just a little boring to play against. And for that reason, it should be banned in best of three on Arena and in paper. Um, I have a friend down here in Flagstaff who was playing the Nexus of Fate deck a couple weeks ago. And I believe he went E. That's one loss and three draws in a four-round Swiss. Complaint was always, well, my opponents never conceded to me when I got the loop going. And it's because of players that, um, without a Teferi, without a Hydroid Crisis, even in, you know, a miscloaked Herald could probably do the job. Granted, it's less than ideal. But so that was, you know, it was a really, really difficult week for him. And it, you know, kind of sucked for, because they wanted to, he, muffed the combo and once and people wanted to make sure that he could do it uh, it's a card that i personally don't think should be uh should stick around another issue with nexus of fate is that it it was printed as only a box topper it wasn't included in the set it was the box topper of m19 and that's the only time we've seen it since included mm-hmm. another similar deck that's that the deck itself was more banned, but not the cards inside the set. Was the is a horse is the horseman deck? Um, it's I believe still in Legacy, and it's basically using Basalt Monomyth, Monolith, which uh, taps to add three mana, and then you have to pay three mana in order to untap it, and then you use Mesmeric Orb, um, which it, whenever a permanent becomes untapped, uh, target player puts the top card of his or her library into her grave into their graveyard, and it creates that whole infinite self-mill thing and it would be disqualified in tournaments because of the slow play aspect and then none of the cards got banned and it just yeah and just it's yeah the problem with arena is that it doesn't have a slow play problem yeah a feature because there's no judge there to call for slow play and i feel like implementing a timer is not the answer um, cause that the only time that would be helpful is in a Nexus of Fate deck. And Nexus of Fate rotates out in September, which is, but it's not, um, you know, it's not, not, uh, it's not ideal, especially when Arena has been so heavily marketed, um, in recent times. Um, I actually, I told Lucas this story a couple minutes ago. I went and took a shower when I was playing against the Nexus of Fate deck, you have a victory. Uh, arena. Because I just had more time than my opponent. I didn't have to go to class for another three hours, and they just kind of... This guy's going to outlast me. So they just conceded. And, you know, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed my 30-minute shower while I waited for that to happen. Yeah, and I unfortunately I don't think it will get banned um because again it is rotating out in September if it was going to get banned it would have already since the incident on uh Wishenhar we've already 
seen a banning go by and nothing was changed to any format. So I think Nexus Fate is going to be here to stay until it rotates out. However unfortunate and however not fun that may be, my biggest hope is that we're going to get something better and more fun that everyone's going to want to play um, that doesn't lose to the Nexus Fate strategy in War of the Spark. Um, if you're looking to combat Nexus of Fate in your local meta, I can't imagine there being a meta where there's a ton of it just because of how little the card, that how few copies of the card there are because it was a box topper. Generally, um, you're going to want to look at um, aggressive strategies. Um, I'd recommend Marcio Carvalho's Azorius Aggro from the Pro Tour. It finished in the top eight, and it it's pretty much a mono-white build for magic out of the sideboard to deal wipes, but that can also deal with um, Nexus of Fate. Maybe not stop it from shuffling back into its library, but the effect. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so we're going to move on to War of the Spark. Now, today we had our first batch of spoilers. Lucas, would you care to tell us what those were? I mean, I wouldn't really call it a batch of spoilers. It was two cards that were spoiled. Uh, and the two cards... Hold up, let me pull them up real quick. The, the two cards were uh, Augur of Bullis and Johnny's Pride Mate. Now, I don't think either of these are too exciting. Uh, of course, it's only the first two cards spoiled. We're going to have a lot more coming up. Uh, we'll debate that on Time Limit Limited on Tuesday, yeah. if you're interested in listening. And um, well, we're not familiar with... Sorry, what? Just go ahead. Um, what I was going to say is we're going to head on to what we think are the... Each of us are going to say five cards that we want to see reprinted, and we're going to tell you why we want to see them reprinted. Uh, I'm pr I'm happy with mine, um, and I'm I'm have some choice words to say about mine as well. I have some choice words to say about yours as well. Now, <laughs> keep in mind that these aren't cards that we think are gonna get reprints. They're not cards that we that we, we some of them could be cards that we think have no chance of getting reprinted, but they're cards that we want to see that we think could be really good in helping the meta game out right now. Um, Lucas, do you want to kick us in with your fifth one? Because I knew we agreed on it. Yeah, so my fifth one is technically five different cards. Uh, no, it's ten, it's different, ten cards. different cards. Um, and it's the charms. The only mm. reason I say all ten charms is because I can't imagine printing one without the others. Um, but the one I was mostly thinking about was the Selesnia charm. It answers a lot of things that we're going to be, uh, that we currently see in, uh, Standard. And it's only two mana, instant speed. You can create a 2-2 to go with your history, which will make uh, Selesnya decks really good, or better at least. It answers Lyra, and it just... It, it has a good place in the standard right now. Agree. I think... Um, I think what I'd be looking forward to, and this is based on my list, and we'll get to that later i'd be looking forward to boros charm and in case you're not familiar with boros charm uh there are three modes it's choose one three modes um choose one of three modes deal four damage to target 
to target player with the recent errata. Um, indestructible, all your permanents indestructible. And give target creature double strike. Um, I think that some. I, I'm I'm gonna have I have some board wipes on my list, so that's the whole reason I wanted a Boros Charm to be. Just because I think it's a good counter, in especially the limited environment. But from a standard standpoint, it's definitely uh, what a Boros Aggro deck would be looking for. Um, but I do think that. I think that all 10 charms do need to be reprinted. I'm not sure how that would be done. I think that this is a pretty low chance of it actually happening. Doesn't mean that I don't want it. And even if they choose to just throw in five charms, I think it would be really good for the uh, for standard. I'm with if Will. I don't, the yeah, I don't think it's going to get reprinted. I don't think any of them are going to get reprinted. It's not likely. We're going into our third block on Ravnica. Um, and these would have been reprinted more than likely in guilds and uh allegiance okay so um my number five on the number five on my list was originally the charms but then i found something that i just thought was a little better a little more on theme with the set be really interesting to throw into standard right now that's damnation now from a monetary standpoint that was one of the rules that lucas and i laid out was let's not go into this from monetary let's go into this from a play standpoint. So I'd be okay with a Damnation or a Wrath of God. The reason I've chosen Damnation is I think it's just more on flavor for the block. I think Bolas trying to destroy the whole, to destroy Ravnica, it, it, it would be really well depicted on an alternate art Damnation or a new art of Damnation. Um, and I think this is good because right now we see a lot of really aggressive decks dominating the meta. Esper controls on top. But after that, you kind of get into an area where you have Azorius aggro, mono blue, uh, mono blue tempo, X mono red aggro, Gruul aggro is getting more and more popular. Multi midrange is even taking a turn towards a more aggressive strategy. I think control decks really need like a solid four mana board wipe because cleansing Nova isn't. Nah. Um, it comes down one turn short of hitting a history of Benalia when you're on the draw and that is that can be really devastating against any of the white decks uh i'm actually going to agree with you on this one i wasn't didn't think i was going to going into it but with the only real other answer being settler wreckage and it has been for a while and people have been learning how to play against it play around it and understanding that it's not really as big of a threat as everyone originally thought it was yeah, I think we just need a four mana, and the I also think damnation would stop um, would require the Esper deck to get even a little less consistent because it's mainly a blue white or it's mainly a uh, I believe mainly a blue white deck if you want to be running a board white package, and that just it helps it now. The big question about this is Kaya's Wrath for me. And I think Kaya's Wrath is good, but it's a little too color restrictive. It is, you know, it, it's once again a four mana board wipe. Hitting dual lands if you want to be counter, having counter spells up as well. 
and that's just not I just don't think it's consistent enough on turn four that I'm okay with it. I think Kaya's Wrath could be a really good lead in to Damnation. I'm I don't think first of all, I don't think Damnation is gonna get reprinted. I think there's almost zero chance in it's in a vault package and all that. We just got Kaya's Wrath as another reason that I don't think it'll get reprinted. Mm-hmm. Um but I also agree that I don't think I, I disagree that I don't think Kai's Wrath is that bad, and it's ma- mainly because what I want to see reprinted as my number one spot, which we'll get to. Um, and there's a lot of mana fixing is... in this set right now, but I'm not saying Kai's Wrath is bad by any means, but I am saying that it's there on turn four, which is when a control deck really wants a board wipe in this speci- uh, in this specific standard format. That's true. Okay, uh, number four for you, Lucas. My number four spot was Read the Bones. And I'm not saying Read the Bones specifically because, uh, of course, most of these cards that I'm I'm saying, at least, I don't want the specific cards. At least, I want a similar effect. We haven't really had a good Read the Bones effect for Black for a while. We had Painful Lesson in Amonkhet, um, but they didn't have the scry, and it was kind of underwhelming. And it wasn't nearly as good. Read the Bones, I feel like, would be super balanced. It would help give that extra little edge against decks like Nexus of Fate, like Mono Red, uh, Teamer, Sultai, uh, any the control decks, and as for control, and any control deck that runs black for removal is going to probably run want to read the Bones style card. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I, one of my favorite cards in the last standard was actually Glimmer of Genius. Mm-hmm. card allows you to dig down four cards deep at instant speed for four mana and gives you two energy as well and i think that two i, I think digging four is a lot it's significantly better than digging two mm-hmm. the life loss aspect means that you're not always going to want it in an aggressive matchup you're going to be a really good card you're probably going to board it out in those matchups mm-hmm. so I, I completely agree. I think it would be a really good reprint right now. I don't have much more else to say about it. It's just one of those cards. It's kind of good old classic. Scry 2, draw 2, take 2. Mm-hmm. By the way, for everyone listening, Lucas Carlos Block is what I've learned today after seeing his top 5. But we'll get to that later. Um, is Dark Confidant Sorry, you, talking you, a lot about you cut out there. Number four, Stark Confidant. Now, Terry, reason, as earlier suggested, um, I think that Dark Confidant could add some teeth to some aggressive strategies. Um, Experimental Frenzy, very good card, but I do think that a Dark Confidant style effect it would allow a different variety of aggressive deck to show up. Also, it's just a very skill-testing card when it comes to deck building. You obviously don't want it in a control deck where you're going to be taking four damage when you hit a Kaya's Wrath, three damage when you hit a Sinister Sabotage, five damage when you hit a Teferi. You're real. It's that super aggressive body but can really put some aggressive decks over the top with how it allows you to 
card draw. Well, paying a price, yes, but Dak, that's kind of where you want to be. I agree. It's it's it would really help out uh, forming newer strategies, and it would refresh. It would really freshen up the set to have Dark Confidant. We had the we have the pirate that does a similar effect, the orc pirate. Do not remember his name right now, but it's just not comparable to what Dark Confidant does in any way, shape, or form. Because first of all, you have to have the raid, and secondly, it's on the end step, so your opponent has plenty of time to deal with it once it comes down, or not once it comes down. Your opponent has plenty of time to just deal with it after the combat step. You can do it at the end of the second main phase. That really is not aggressive decks. One mana difference just makes all the difference. It just like the one mana difference just makes it so much worse. Agreed. Okay, so now we're into both of our top threes. Lucas, what do you have at number three? My top three uh, kind of go either way. Uh, can go anyway. But my oops, sorry. My number three spot is going to go to Undermine. So in Allegiance, we saw Absorb get reprinted, which is counter-target spell you gain three life. I kind of would rather have seen Undermine counter-target spell its controller loses three life. Uh, there's a lot of burny counter spells in the set. I want to see... Oh, gosh. Black, red, blue. Grixis. I want to see Grixis. Sorry. I want to see Grixis control. It would, that would really give a boost to Grixis control because the burn that we ha that it would have with dark... With Ionize? Yeah, with Undermine as well as um, Electrolyze would just really put that deck over the top. It would be able to compete with Esper at a higher level without even running a lot of the staple uh, control cards in the set. I think that Grixis control is really going to get a boost here. Keep in mind, we're seeing another Nico Volus, and if anything... Four mana bolus is pretty playable in standard right now. I've been playing it for the past couple months, and it that I will play. I would play in a Grixis control shell if it were, um, if like Grixis control was any better. With Nico Bolas getting a reprint in this set, and with the way Wizards kind of likes to keep Nico Bolas around, Grixis colors always seem to get a really big boost whether it's an aggressive strategy or a control strategy, a mid-range strategy, combo, anything. This gets a boost when you see a... I think that this actually has a really high chance of getting reprinted, especially with Absorb being in the format. I would say out of the top... Or all of the ones we've done so far, it probably has the biggest chance of getting reprinted. I agree. I agree completely. Um... Especially when we have things like uh, Damnation in this list, but you know. Hey man, a man can dream. And one day being affordable. <laughs> All um, right. Well, that's modern. We don't talk about that here. Um, but yeah, I do think that it has a pretty good shot of getting reprinted, and it really would uh, change the way... I think it could change the way the control matchups are played. Right now, a control mirror... Neither player really cares about their life total. It's really just a battle to who can ult to fairy first, who can hold up the answer, who can hold up, you know, the counter magic to stop it. You know, well, that's how... Watch an Esper control match, and that's what you're going to see. But it's... 
kind of uh, difficult. It's like it. It's at a point where I think that I to bring it into the format. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for me at number three, staying on the theme of board wipes, and I think this one has a, actually a much better chance of getting reprinted just because it is a Ravnica card original. Um, that is right. I'm talking about Supreme Verdict. You point something out to you. Oh, the deck that did so well at Pro Tour of Ravnica has transformed into a Zorius aggro. Marcio Carvalho top eighted a Pro Tour with this deck in the top eight playing it, but it's been doing reasonably well. According to MTG Goldfish, which is my source for most things meta, it's 9.5% of the metagame right now, or almost 9.5%. And let me just go ahead and read you the main deck. Skymarcher, Aspirant, Snubhorn Sentry, Adanto Vanguard, Flash Marshal, Venerated Loxodon, Unbreakable Formation, Legion's Landing, Baffling End, History of Benalia, Conclave Tribunal. Two mana sources are in that the answer is zero. You have negate and disdainful stroke, and that's the whole reason they're running blue. Big thing that makes me want it right now, over a, something like a damnation or a wrath of God, is those words can't be countered. And once again, going from a lore, lore standpoint, I think it's realistic. Um, the idea is that like the Azorius decide basically, oh, this this world is without is beyond saving we need to like restart start fresh so they drop the nuke and destroy the entire plane and kind of you can go from there i think that that's something that we could see as like a story spotlight card unfortunately as much as i do want to say it i'm going to disagree because we've just come to expect more if it's going to be a sweeper effect of that degree it's not going to be at four mana we have our four mana sweepers that are very in comparison lackluster to Supreme Verdict. So I believe if we're going to see any sort of Supreme Verdict effect, it'll more than likely be on a five or a six managed slot. Um, however, I do agree that a similar card is up there to be reprinted around this time. Uh, and, or, and or printed in this next set, especially with the announcements that we've already had about War of the Spark. And let me just pitch this to you. It's Lavinia standing over Dovin, victorious, and as Bullis is about to take over the plane and just saying no. Like, it's that's the artwork. That would, you know, that alone is a reason I want to see it printed, to be honest with you. <laughs> you just want to um, see it for the now, artwork. I do think that it's totally worth uh, looking into if you are Wizards of the Coast. Granted, going to be in the set for a while it's just a matter of let's figure it out from here um <laughs> number two my number two oh gosh i'm these two are kind of interchangeable my number two and my number one slot are very interchangeable but my number two i'm going to go with hero's downfall or some other similar effect with the announcement that war of the spark is going to have 36 planeswalkers we really need to see this instant speed removal low drop of uh 
planeswalkers as well as, as as well as creatures in a mono color. He didn't even let me finish. Uh, <laughs> we have Rassic Contempt at four, which comes in a little late in a lot of instances. Uh, we have Cast Out, and we have uh, as well for white. But I, actually, we don't have Cast Out anymore. That rented out Adelaide. Ixalan's Binding. Yeah, we have Ixalan's Binding. Um, we have Conclave Tribunal. But I really think the amount of Planeswalkers we're going to probably see and the amount that are most likely going to be playable is going to be so drastically higher than Standard is used to that we're going to need these instant lower drop instant speed removals. It also helps deal with things like the ever so uh, dispersed and infrequent Karns as well as Teferis. Um, which can really set off the Nexus of Fate decks and uh, other Esper control decks. And it's it's more disappointing that they really just have avoided this for a while. They gave us Bontu's Reckoning. They gave us other three-drop removal. But it wasn't as good as Hero's Downfall or any removal since then. I'll go ahead and tell you what I think is going to get reprinted. And this is before Hero's Downfall anyway. Will get reprinted before Heroes Downfall. What was that? Sorry, set. Liliana's defeat. One mana, destroy yeah. target black permanent. If it's a Liliana, their opponent, your opponent loses three life or whatever. Um, I really don't think that Heroes Downfall is going to get reprinted. I think they gave us Bedevil for a reason. I think Rask's Contempt is fine, and I think we just have enough to deal with Planeswalkers in the metagame. The Wizards feels confident putting them in right now also think that we're kind of, we're in a weird spot where if the planeswalkers are really good i th i have faith in wizards for some weird reason ask lucas this is the first time i will ever say i have faith in wizards um but i do have faith that they as it is they will what sorry they've given us enough to deal with planeswalkers as it is to where it could be, I, I just think, and I don't even think that a ton of these Planeswalkers are going to be standard playable. I do think that they're going to be printed at Uncommon. We'll discuss this a little more on Tuesday. But, yeah. I really don't think that that we're going to see that enough playable Planeswalkers to see Heroes Downfall. Also, I'm not sure if you meant Tuesday or Sunday. and Tuesday or... when we upload the podcast these podcasts are recorded two days in advance so if spoilers come out in the next two days and we look like complete idiots so a, you're right and b also if spoilers come out and you know we are right that's amazing and you should totally subscribe <laughs> okay let's go on to your number two I know you're. I know you're not a fan of this one. Not a ton of people are gonna be. I'm tired of losing to Mono Blue Tempo. I'm gonna be brutally honest here. I am tired of a spell, casting two spells, targeting a, a permanent, and my opponent having two dive downs open. Mm -hmm. My number two spot goes to Dispel. Oh, is not a super glorious card. It's not a first pick in draft. It's not even a 15th pick in draft. You shred that, you throw that thing in the shredder before it even gets to you. 
Dispel. Counter target instant. I think the mono blue tempo decks emergence especially has a place in the meta. I think it has a place out of sideboards just because so much of what the mono blue tempo deck relies on to be as dominant as it is speed. And other matchups where it's definitely viable, but I also think that it's, you know, print like if you print dispel here wouldn't necessarily be for a standard like for standard but i think it's a good it's a card that if it is printed into the standard environment could make an impact so i definitely don't think we should or will see a dispel we have negate we have essence scatter we have quench there's just a lot how of many, what how many of those are one mana loops one none of them are no one mana. quench is not one mana you are right um, I was thinking spell call, uh, not spell caller, uh, okay. spell pierce, which, which I would also rather see. Um, but again, we have quench now. They don't want to give us these one mana counter spells anymore. There's enough, and there's also plenty of counter spells in this set right now. We got two more with allegiance. Uh, hmm. I just don't see dispel as high up there on that. I do think that it's radar. Get, it would make a difference purely because because of the reasons that I stated, to be honest with you. It's a hard counter to all instants, but it doesn't hit everything. It's not like you can counter a... with it. It's not like you can counter a Search Rose Kanto with it. It's just a good enough one-mana one counter spell that you're going to want it in, like, one or two matchups. I do agree that I'd rather see it over some of those counter spells we have seen, um, and I do want to see it again in the future. I just don't know if War of the Spark is the correct time for it. I think um, I would. I think it might get printed just because Wizards will be like, we need a 279th card or how many cards are in the set. There, it's going to be printed there. But I, w I would say, uh, don't sleep on seeing it see, uh, on it seeing play in standard, especially with the current environment. Oh, fair enough. I'll give you if it's reprinted, it'll most likely be played. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to move on to number one? I am ready to argue with you until I die. Okay, so my number one, I'm really, really realizing how much I love the Theros block because read the bones, uh, Heroes Downfall, <laughs> uh, and then also the my number one spot, which is the Temples. So the Temples were uh, uh, Scrylands. What for? Yeah, they're Scry dual lands. For some of our viewers, it'll be Scrylands. Scry, yeah, yeah. Um, from the Theros block. They enter the battlefield tapped, and they when they enter the battlefield, do scry. They can tap for their guild colors. Um, so all ten guilds would have one of these. I really want to see this. Uh, it'll give us that extra little fixing, especially when, uh, with upcoming in September, we're losing half of the dual lands uh, that are realistically played. Um, we're and, losing the track lands. I agree. Yeah, and. These, while they do enter tap, they give the bonus of the scry, which really bounces out play. We see that Wizards wants to do more with um, making the game less reliant on um, getting mana screwed or flooded or anything like that. Um, they want you to be have more consistent draws, and we see this with the London rule that they're trying, they're testing out with Mulligans. And I think that it's 
it, the scry effect and giving us these extra dual lands would really help out. Uh, you're cutting. Am I cutting out for you? You good? I'm not with your point. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm good or not, but we're gonna keep going. So, and I really think that it would help out a lot of decks in the format. It would make a lot more decks viable, with because a lot of decks are missing that extra little bit of fixing with the other dual lands in this in the set. I think that we will. And it's printed ever again. I'm going to be honest. I think Scry was... It was a mechanic introduced in, in Theros, and it was really exciting to see, but it's not something that Wizards wants to like spotlight anymore. They're willing to... They're ready to move on from that. I don't think we're going to get a cycle of lands here, purely because we already have uh, two cycles of lands that are already playable standard. Um... I think it's going to be a hard pass. Um, also, I just think we have one pair, one set of fast lands, one set of uh, slow lands. Really balances out check lands. Balances out aggro with um, aggro with what now? With control. With control. Yeah, I mean, I really do want to see these lands. I do want to see uh, either that or a similar effect. Give give us lands that are going to cause something when they enter the battlefield. Um, is more of what I guess I would what I'd be saying. The scry would be really nice. It would, I think it would really help with um, giving us that little extra bit of uh, consistency. But I, I do not think they will get reprinted. I just want them to be. All right, you ready? Yep, let's go to your number one. Now, I think this is the second most likely reprint on my list outside of Dispel. And it's just because we're seeing 36 Planeswalkers. Who in a limited environment doesn't want to see, like, build the Super Friends deck and just go off? Card that would really help with that in the limited environment and would maybe put a Super Friends deck over the top in standard is the Chain Veil. If you're not familiar with the Chain Veil, it is a, a artifact, I believe. It's a legendary artifact. That Chain Veil is a four mana artifact that at the beginning of your end step, if you didn't activate a loyalty ability of a Planeswalker, you lose two life. The thing that balances that out there is four mana and tap it. Each Planeswalker you control can activate one of its loyalty abilities once this turn is though none of its loyalty abilities have been activated so you get to activate a planeswalker twice and My, oh, keep going would be really cool to see in a standard environment i think the super friends deck needs a little bit of a boost if it's going to be realistic and with wizards printing 36 planeswalkers i think they want it to be i also think that um so i think oath of teferi is in the format being able to activate a Planeswalker three times in a turn, you see, but I also think that there's enough enchantment and artifact hate out there that wizards might be willing to give us a additional uh, else to kind of counteract, to activate Planeswalkers twice. One other thing that I'd like to note, the Immortal Sun is in the format. Absolute trump to all Super Friends decks out there right now. 
So I do think that this, I do think that um, to reprint. My stance on this is going to be slightly similar, but also a bit different. I think that from a lore standpoint, the Chain Veil makes complete sense to be in this set. Uh, it's the big war with Nico Bolas. They're going to need some sort of trump card, and I think the Chain Veil could very well be it. We haven't seen it in forever. Um, and it's just a really cool artifact with lots of lore behind it that they haven't we haven't seen since M15. Um, now... Do I think that Chainville specifically is going to get reprinted or anything like that? No. What I more than likely think is we'll get a, either a different version of Chainville that is a bit less, either less powerful or it has a different effect, mainly because of the Oath of Teferi as well as the amount of Planeswalkers we're seeing and how it would be how it would tie into the lore standpoint. I think a card that says um, whenever you activate an ability of a planeswalker copy that effect could be I um, agree it could that would be probably a way better uh, idea right. or what if the chain veil was an equip card uh, that could only be equipped to planeswalkers you need to change it, like the name, obviously, but... Yes. Do you think that it would be interesting in the standard environment that we have right now? I agree, especially with all 36 Planeswalkers getting reprinted. Or not all 36 Planeswalkers, 36 Planeswalkers getting printed. I believe Wizards might have said that the, none of them are going to be reprints. I'm not... They did say that? Okay, so Wizards did say none of them are going to be reprinted Planeswalkers, so it'll be really interesting uh, to see what these effects are going to be. Um, so now Lucas and I are going to discuss, are going to be the decks that get helped out right now by War of the Spark. Now, I think the big elephant in the room is Esper Control. I have heard a lot of people saying that it's going to get a huge boost because they think a new Teferi will be busted. They think being new Planeswalkers, which is just what this deck wants. I think Esper Control is pretty set in stone. Could use another counter spell or two, maybe a different board wipe other than Kai's Wrath, as I've been very clear about. But freaking troll wouldn't want another. Um, I is good enough that it could see play in some Esper shells and a lot of. Hold up, you're cutting out for a little bit, bud. You hear me? Yep. There you go. You're kind of back. Yeah, so I think Kaya, I think Kaya is a good card in a, in a Esper control deck, but it's not just because the deck knows what it wants. It wants removal spells, it wants counter magic, and it wants board wipes, um, and then just kind of a package. And obviously, the search for his Kanta or five. Mm -hmm. I do think that it's so. I think the Esper control deck is pretty set in stone right now. I don't think that unless we see another Teferi that is more backbreaking to do um oh how the metagame is kind of i think teferi is really good in the current metagame if you gave it a minus two uh, instead of a minus three you get a reprint but i definitely or uh, you get a switch but i definitely don't think that the plan that 
this is going to help the Teferi deck. I think there are definitely some cards that could be reprinted um, or printed that give it a chance or, a, you know, give it some changes, but I don't think it's going to lead to it being like it is right now. I agree with you almost 100%. There are a couple cards, of course, reprints uh, or new cards in its colors that could boost it over the top, make it amazing. I doubt that it'll be a Planeswalker, um, mainly because there are going to be so many Planeswalkers. The We know that the that there are 11 main Planeswalkers in this set that are going to be involved in the story, and those are probably going to be the ones that are going to have the biggest impact on any format. And probably mythics, yeah. Probably mythics. Um, we'll discuss mythics and commons and all that with planeswalkers another da- another time. But my thing is, I don't think it'll be Esper to control that'll get the biggest boost out of this. As far as control decks are concerned, I think Grixis has the biggest chance of pulling ahead, even of Esper at this point. Um, That's where I'm at too. With this new set, we have. A new bull is coming in, and he is guaranteed to be one of the 11 main characters. He is the whole point of this story. Um, I would even go as far as to say he might even be better than the current bulls that we have, um, based on the fact that this is the War of the Spark. It is the whole final battle or ordeal. Um, Nico Bolas is going to be Thanos. <laughs> yeah. And Nico Bolas is just being one of the main uh basically the main character of this set uh is going to push a lot of more cards that aren't planeswalkers to be grixis oriented for other formats as well like limited and um sealed so what's sealed technically is a little bit we're not gonna talk about um and i really think grixis is going to get a bigger boost than esper is and could put it over the top yeah, I think um, Grixis at the moment isn't a great deck. It's a good deck, but it's, it's not top tier. It's very enemies. meh. But listen to this cast of characters that are... That are what now? Re- that are getting... That, like, we know are getting cards in War of the Spark. Mm-hmm. Ace. Liana. Probably Dovin or Davrin, Davrin Fane. I, the guy in the comic book. I'm not gonna. I don't remember his name, but I'm imagining he's gonna be black. Maybe something else, but I'd imagine it's gonna be black blue. If it's black white, then fair play. Um, it's just. I think there are plenty of good, like there are gonna be a lot of good prints. Says, heck, man. Tybalt is going to be what oh breaks God. open Grixis control. That is definitely not going to happen. Likely Ingram. But I do think that Grixis is getting just... An- it's going to get good cards to a point where I think you could... I think Grixis is just going to find a card that it's like, okay, yeah, I can run with this. Whether it be Ob, Sarkon, Lily, Sahili, Jace, Chandra... Any of the above, really. really. Um, I think, as far as decks are concerned, and that's decks that are currently in the format, but I think the really, really big elephant in this room is Super Friends. 
and how viable Super Friends will be in this new format with 36 Planeswalkers getting printed. We know the colors, more than likely at least. We did see a Simic Misa, but you know, more than likely we know the colors of mo a majority of the Planeswalkers. If you're not familiar with what Super, Super Friends is, Lucas laid it out pretty clearly. It's just a deck that runs as many Planeswalkers as it can so that generate a lot of value over X amount of turns. Um, the oaths get reprinted, to be honest with you. Oath. Of thought yeah, oaths or something to a similar effect where they take a new sort of oath, if that makes sense. Yeah. Especially like an oath of Nyssa type thing. I'd love to see an oath of Nyssa reprint. Mm-hmm. So much more consistent. Agreed. And, I mean, we do have that Oath of Teferi again, which is going to give a boost. If we see any sort of ch similar Chain Veil effect, that's going to give it a boost. Um, it'll be kind of funny, though, to see if Nico Bolas is in included in the Super Friends deck with a lot of the other Planeswalkers, uh, mainly just because of the poor standpoint, it's going to be hilarious to watch Nico Bolas fight alongside Jace. Yeah. And I'd like to put this out there just because, you know, we don't have a lore podcast. I want one, but also, eh. I think Elspeth is getting is going to come back. Um, I'm pretty sure we already have the artwork of Elspeth um, in the stained yeah. glass mirrors. The um, blue... Um, some sort of staff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm pretty positive that's Elspeth. They might have named her, they might have not. I haven't really they have not seen that. Her. Because I don't know if they... I don't... They named the new ones, and I don't remember their names. I uh, don't believe we've seen an Elspeth. But we have Dak, who's getting a reprint, and... The Theros to do something or other. Who knows? Yeah. I But I do think that the... Viable... It really depends on how consistent it can get. Um, in terms of its mana... You're not going to be playing a five-color Super Friends deck um, without no. something of Nyssa. Without the You're temples playing... getting reprinted. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> without, you know, without, like, an Oath of Nyssa, you're not going to see a Super Friends deck. So I do think, like, a Grixis Super Friends deck could be a thing. Um, I also think Teamer could be really big because it mm -hmm. looks like green Arlen, Samet, and Nissa coming back. Vivian's gonna have a major role in this whole story. And to be honest, I think that the story is a huge indicator for how good the Planeswalker cards are gonna be. Yeah, there's gonna be, I think, 11 at least, um, depending on rarities, uh, which there's a lot of debate going around on if they're gonna print uncommon Planeswalkers, if Tabalt's gonna be common, if um, we're gonna see rarities That's of Planeswalkers. Planeswalkers... Yeah, Planeswalker with, with two abilities, maybe, um, instead of three. And so the only real consistent ones we can guarantee on are probably going to be those 11 uh, that they've already said are going to be in the main story. They haven't announced all 11 of them. We can just take major guesses as to who they are. Um, but I think those are mainly going to be the ones that we're going to be looking at when it comes to making a Super Friends deck. Um major metagame players right now soul time midrange i don't think it's a huge boost i don't think it's the type of deck that wants a planeswalker i think it's very like i mentioned earlier it's a really it's get, becoming a more aggressive deck 
Um, it's cut down on the amount of chupacabras it runs, just because, and the hostage takers it runs. Um, in most, because it knows that it's going to be a really aggressive creature-based deck, it wants to run um, a planeswalker, unless you know that planeswalker is game-breaking. Yeah, I think Soul uh Soul Time Midrange is in a very, very good spot right now, uh, as far as its balance and where it wants to be. Uh it's pretty high up there on the meta, isn't it? Like is it still number one on the meta? It was for a little bit. It is second behind according to MTG Goldfish, it is second behind um Esper Control. Makes sense. Percent difference between them. Um, I Soltai does run generally Vivian reads in some lists, but the big thing about that is Vivian is a super creature-based planeswalker. If you get a cheaper planeswalker, I could maybe see that, but I think Vivian fits really well into that Soltai mid-range deck right now. Um, Azorius aggro we can skip. Aggressive decks really don't want planeswalkers. Um, I think that's pretty much what's coming out here. Well, hold up there, Will. Hold up there, Will. You are cutting out a lot right now, my friend. Let's try that again. Oh, he is still cutting out. I'm going to deafen for a minute uh, just to give us a little bit of not whatever that noise was. Let's undeafen. Hey, you there? Nope, he is still... I'm going to leave the call. We're going to change this to there. Join the call. Hello? Hello? There we go. Okay, you were cutting out a lot. Start from the top. There you go. Okay. Um, should I start with Azorius Aggro then? Yes. Azorius Aggro um, doesn't really want it. Uh, when you look at most aggressive decks, they just want... Um, there are three mana spells to really be backbreaking. And if you print a two mana planeswalker, it's going to be very similar to the original Tybalt. Oh, was uh, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, Gruel Aggro, same problem. Mono Blue Tempo, uh, it's really an aggressive deck. A ton of other things. That I think that deck is pretty set in stone. I think it has what it wants. Reclamation. Agreed. I think a teamer. I think wilderness reclamation um, could really help with it because it allows you to leave up protection for your planeswalkers. So that's another player that I could see, but I wouldn't um, spec on it too much. MTG goldfish is red green aggro. Once again, just gruel aggro, um, and mono red aggro. And neither of those really want it. Belesnia tokens which has a 4% hold on the metagame, is really just not... Uh, it has Watley right now, and I don't believe most decks are running Watley. doesn't help you a ton with what you want to do. Um, and most Planeswalkers really don't help with token strategies in the past. Um, if you have a guy that gives your entire team indestructible, that's probably where you want to be. But we have enough spell effects in Standard right now that give that team of reclamation the deck's pretty set in stone it just wants to be as consistent as it possibly can so i think if we got something a jace that could like brainstorm or something but we've had that busted standard 
um, will not, we aren't going to see a, a massive change to team reclamation. Is it Phoenix is pretty streamlined. And from there, you're just getting into like the really fringe decks. So I, I really don't see decks um, adjusting. Yeah. Outside of ways to deal with it. I think we're going to get some new decks, Is if I'm being honest. I think War of the Spark is a great place to step into standard if you haven't been in it for a minute. Just because I think outside of lands, you're going to be dealing with the same old standard. As far as the past couple sets go, Wizards has really been stepping it up with intro level cards as well as those higher tier cards that really make fun and interesting decks. And I believe we're going to see a lot of those come more of the spark. We've seen a lot of them in Ravn in the first two parts of the Ravnica uh, that we've been in. And I think we'll just continue to see those uh, going forward is my, go is my hope. Um, that's where I feel the metagame is going to end up falling. Um, Really, I'm rooting for a Planeswalker deck because you know what? It's fun. Allows me to be a kid again. <laughs> Opened a Planeswalker and just would flip out, be super excited, jump onto a counter. <laughs> that did not quite happen. Almost. Almost. Um. Well, Lucas, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about this week? Bring up. Um, I think that's all for that I have and that I want to talk about right now. Come future weeks, we're going to be seeing a lot more spoilers. There will be more episodes before um, the sets are released, and we can talk about spoilers and how their impact is going to settle down on standard. Um, and we'll go from there, I think. All right. Well, on that note, I'm Will Hopkins. This Today is... March 30th, so we will see you 6th, when hopefully we have some more spoilers to talk about and a little more understanding of what this new set's going to be like. Follow us on Instagram at CaffeineOverdoseMTG. Um, follow us on YouTube if you are, are listening via Spotify on caffe at CaffeineOverdose. And follow us at Sp on Spotify if you're listening on YouTube at CaffeineOverdose. It's and so if, simple, guys. And if you're listening on Himalaya, uh, this is Caffeine Overdose and uh, Caffeine Overdose Business, technically. Subscribe to us here. You will get uh, updates whenever we upload another podcast. And we are going to be uploading podcasts as frequent as we can. There might be days we miss. Uh, but, hey, that's how this up. life goes. Um, expect us to miss some days. Standard sit-down, we will be doing this weekly. This is most consistent, I believe, of the podcasts, at least for these next coming weeks. Agreed. And you can listen to Lucas and I on Time Limit Limited on Tuesdays. Um, if you're looking to listen to more of the wonderful voice of Will Hopkins, you can listen to me on Monday on Me Monday with Metagame Monday. I host that with Rodrigo Gallegos. And Lucas, where can our uh, listeners find you outside of... Outside of standard sit down. Outside of standard sit down and uh, time limit limited on Tuesdays. So I do uh, like well said standard sit down on Saturdays, time limited on Tuesdays, wacky win on Wednesdays, and I believe Fridays, which is Friday Night Magic. Um, don't get confused with Friday Night Magic. It's Friday Not Magic. 
Um, we are all going to be joining in on that one as frequent as we can. And I believe it's going to be a party. It's going to be our chance to talk about things that aren't magic. Talk about our life problems, you know? Exactly. And coming soon to you, to theaters near you, we're going to be starting up a Twitch where randomly through different points of the day and time, uh, different people from Cafe and OD are going to be streaming on there, either playing Magic, Arena Online, Magic the Gathering Arena, Magic the Gathering Online, or maybe even some other games that aren't Magic-related at all. Uh, we'll see soon. All right, so with that, his name is Lucas Duffy, and I'm going to sign us off uh, for the first time. In That's Will Hopkins, because he cut out and didn't hear his own name. <laughs> we look forward to seeing you next week. Peace out.